0: Welcome to the Fusebox Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm
1: Anna Gallagher Ross.
0: And I am Bethlehem Makonnen.
1: Today on the podcast, we talk to members of the Rude Mechs in Austin, Texas Sean Sides, Thomas Graves, and Peter Stopchinski.
0: We have a fun conversation with them about their newest project, Not Every Mountain, which will be featured at Fusebox 2019. We hope you enjoy the conversation.
1: usually like to start our podcast by asking folks to just introduce themselves in their own words so do you all want to go around and just say who you are
2: i'm peter stopshinsky i wrote the music for not every mountain
3: i'm thomas graves i'm one of the co-producing artistics of the rude mechs Our damn it <laughs> i have a hard time talking <laughs> My name is Thomas Graves. I'm one of the co-producing artistic directors of the Rude Mechs. I I did the set design and co-direct and perform in it.
4: I'm Sean Sides. I'm one of the co-producing artistic directors of Rude Mechs. And I um, was an outside eye on the Not Every Mountain Workshop production that we did at Guthrie. I'm not sure if we call that a workshop. Do we call that the premiere? Do we call that a workshop? Do we call that just a straight-up presentation? Um, I think it was a workshop. I was an outside eye, and on this one, I'm going to co-direct with Thomas.
0: Awesome. Great. And how about you tell us a little bit about the company at large for people who don't know you, just how you organize yourselves, mm-hmm. the different roles you take, whether they're overlapping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just kind of the system that you use for the company.
4: Well, <clears throat> we're tw- uh, 20-something, um, formed in 96. And uh, we call ourselves a collective. I don't know that exactly what that means. Um, But for us, I know what it means. We try to keep the roles as um, fluid and the organization as flat as possible. When we first started the company, none of us wanted to be like, well, I'm a performer, and you're a writer, and you're a director, and there's a chain of command, and one of us will become the artistic director and boss the rest of us around, and that's not going to work for us. Um, We kind of all want to do everything and have our finger and all the pies, <laughs> pies is a funny way to think of the various <laughs> parts of the <theater. laughs> Um We make big decisions by consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started, we looked at the bylaws for ACT UP and Lesbian Avengers to figure out, you know, what does that mean, consensus decision making, how do you go about it? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, or we oper- We do all the admin of the company that way and the board of directors operates that way. And um, in the room, we, uh, you know, like, it's gotten to where we sort of trust one another a lot. Uh, I guess we kind of always have, but even more now. So like whoever it is that's the outside eye, or they're just sort of entrusted with being the designated driver. And um, but if anybody like disagrees or has strong wants or desires, we welcome all that. It's not like a keep your notes to yourself kind of room. <laughs> Those rooms exist, it shocks me, <laughs> it shocks me. Those rooms really exist, and that's kind of, uh, that's actually normal. That's weird. But anyway, yeah, that's not how we do it. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't really cover nearly all the bases, so if you have more to add to that, you guys, throw in, please.
3: have <laughs> been around since 1996. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good thing to know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and yeah, can we talk a little bit about the origins of Not Every Mountain? Just talking through sort of yeah, when was the premiere? Has mm-hmm. the premiere happened yet? Is it happening perhaps at Fusebox twenty <laughs> um, <laughs> nineteen? Yeah, how how this sort of project came into being for yeah. you all and um uh yeah. Just uh, to walk us through it.
3: The project uh, was part of this um, suite of projects, you could call it, uh, that we were calling Perverse Results. Um, it was a lot of times we would or we would get into the room and be trying to all bang our heads together and figure out what it is we wanted to make together. Uh, Of course, that's what we were doing. Um, And this was an effort to step back from that and try to, as individual artists within the collective, generate what we wanted a thing to be and then bring that to the group and pursue it. Um, So there have been different... uh, things within Perverse Results, Grigieri Art is a Perverse Result, uh, Cold Record is a Perverse Result, and Not Every Mountain. Um, are there any others that I'm forgetting?
4: Mm-mm. Not that Table was, as well. Table was, right. right. Um,
3: and we kind of each took ownership over a Perverse Result, and so... Um,
4: Except for me, I don't own any Perverse Results.
3: Sean was in her fallow year, <laughs> uh, and so this was something that I was working on, and um, I was fascinated with a few things. Uh, some of it came out of just doing Deborah Hay practice, and uh, like each moment um, being everything and also containing the possibility of nothing Um, and the way that that specifically in each moment ties in with say the loss of our performing arts space Um, that the the very thing that gives us joy and that we put so much uh, love into is going away Um, and so simultaneously with that I was Uh, obsessed with this problem of creating an object that could come together and take many shapes that was uh, kind of represented um, molecular structure uh, or cellular, uh, however you want you know, atoms that come together, uh, and those two things relate. and so there was just a lot of problem solving to figure out what this object was and how it could, what it would be. Um, I can't remember, but for some reason I was obsessed with mountains, uh, of, of just like wanting to be a mountain. Like just trying to like pretend what it might be like to experience that. Um, and I was w- using a studio at UT and Kirk, I would go down to his office and just talk to him after studio... Time and he was like, and so I was telling him about some of these mountain dances that I was doing, and he was he was like, oh well, I have this whole text. Do you know that I've written this like fifty pages of text called Not Every Mountain? And it was, uh, he would just use it as a writing prompt. Get up, and uh, in the mornings and write several Not Every Mountain sentences, and we thought it got it, they went together really well. The stuff that I was working around and this text. Um, in some part because of that, like the n- implied negative in the sentence, um, that echoes that notion that I was first talking about. Um, and so he would just kind of come into the studio and read that text, and I would pretend different things. And the the object itself hadn't been created yet, but I would just pretend like I had this object that was molecular and could build all kinds of stuff. Uh, and before. It, It it was much larger. the The shape would take all kinds of different shapes, but it it turns out that because of the text, not every mountain, and because it takes a long time to build a mountain, like that was what it was. It wasn't. It didn't also become a tree and a turtle or whatever. Um, And so then it just became a ritual, and it grew to then encompass uh, this other aspect of human ingenuity of um that's like there's lots of cranks and um there's a lot of using of simple physics of leverage and um prying tools and things like that Um, this you're watching this group of people make something in the face of this nothingness and exploring humans Capacity to make meaning and also use our, you know, ingenuity. And thumbs. And thumbs. We got thumbs.
4: Opposing. Opposable.
3: Mm -hmm. Not opposing. Opposing. I like
2: that. I thought you said funds.
0: Funds. Oh, also funds. Whenever and wherever we can find those. Opposing (laughs) funds. How did you, I'm, I'm curious, you know, like, um, because these objects are so specific, and I'm thinking about like how did the concept of how you who you are as a company, like you said as a collective, you know just this fluid kind of changing roles, and then also just this, what you're dealing with this idea of permanence and permanence loss mm-hmm. um, how did all of that inform your um, actual, uh, the choices you made in terms of material, the actual material, and then Mm. how that scalability happened, like the connections, Mm. because I'm sure that all played into the decisions you made and how to make this form real.
3: Um, Well, some of it is just the accident or just like what was going on before. So before we were building the show Field Guide, uh, and we brought in this uh, amazing artist, uh, uh, Eric Dyer of Radio RadioHole, uh, to build the set, to design and build the set. And his primary material was cardboard. He built the whole thing out of cardboard. And so he mentored me in the ways of cardboard. Uh, <laughs> and so I was just coming off of that and just kind of uh, <laughs> excited about what else was possible with this material. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So. It grew out of that. I mean, cardboard is the is the thing you want to use if you're um, if you don't have a whole lot of funds, if you <laughs> if you've got opposing fun- funds. <laughs> so it worked well for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it, it. I also think sometimes like it doesn't like theater stagecraft relies on. Carpentry, like furniture making, carpentry or house building, carpentry, which doesn't make a lot of sense considering we want this stuff to—it's not permanent, right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And I've been—I've been kind of uh, fascinated by that idea for a while about like other, (laughs) uh, perhaps better suited uh, building technologies or ways of thinking about. So I was—I started to look at. packaging, uh, because packaging is designed to be there and then go away. I mean, a cardboard obviously led me to that. and But also origami as a way for things to take three-dimensional shape. Uh, you know, you're going from the flat plane into three dimensions. Not, And also not using just always uh, compression, uh, also looking at um, tension, which you use in like making or something like that, we don't use it so much in house building um, or furniture making. But anyway, um, where was I going with all that? But yeah, so looking at like packaging, so like the folding of those, I got really into those um, cardboard, pieces of cardboard furniture that are in the grocery store that like display all the pistachios. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and how they're like, you can get a part-time job uh, going around and setting those things up, and they just send you the thing, and you put the A tab and the B tab. Um, I got so into the A tab into the B tab. <laughs> Did of you like, get paid for that? No, no. <laughs> but I wanted to, I just wanted to make, I don't know why, it doesn't have anything to do with the project, but like, <laughs> I wanted to make something that also, f- for whatever reason, could be mass produced and distributed, and someone would could just A tab and B tab the thing up together. And I mean, there was this idea, like some of it is just like being a nerd about always packing trucks and wanting to pack a perfect truck. And but then there's also like an ecology of it as well. Like, you know, you're losing you're using less resources if you're shipping a single pallet that you then fold together. So the problem that I was trying to solve was like a a thing that could completely flat pack. Yes. I don't know how that relates to the company other than my role was. Packing the truck.
0: I mean, there was malleability yeah. and fluidity, portability, portability. Too, yeah. yeah,
1: I feel like y'all have been sort of exploring those portable kinds of modes of theater. You know, yeah, it
3: certainly also, I mean, made a certain sense with losing our home that we mm. then made a show out of cardboard exactly. that we could pack up and put on our backs. Totally, and yeah. Explode wherever we I'm not too. putting that on my back.
4: <laughs>
0: Taking advantage of uh, an available resource, I mean, yeah. we are, cardboards are a big part of our life now with mm. all the ordering that we do,
3: yeah, yeah. All the Amazoning that we do.
1: Mm-hmm. That company that shall not be,
0: yes,
4: too
3: <laughs> yeah. I think there was an idea, even well, there is a part of the set now that is. It's not 3D printed, it's CNC, like it's just cut yeah. out of cardboard, but essentially you could send the files to someone and they have a stack of cardboard and they can print it out and fold it and put it together. So,
0: yeah, like really a kit that. almost. Yeah, yeah. I love
3: that.
0: It just made me think, you know, it's funny, it's uh, in a way you've created an Amazon forest. <laughs> 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 it
4: comes uh, back full <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> wow. You're welcome, Berth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Giving back.
1: All recyclable. All recyclable. <laughs> All recyclable. <laughs> Well, speaking of landscape and forest, <laughs> um, maybe we can talk a bit about the stagescape, but also the soundscape that you have created, Peter. Could you tell us a little bit about what it is to create sound for this project?
2: Yes, um, I also was exploring incredibly new agey hippie ideas along <laughs> of my, own, my <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> Uh, I w- I was uh, I was into the getting into the whole uh, cymatics thing, you know, where they can take uh, sound and vibrate liquid and sand and things like that, and it makes um, geometric shapes. Certain frequencies will actually make like five point stars and things like that. So said, so that was freaking me out, and then and then we our our bodies are all are mostly water, like in the ninety percent water. I don't mm-hmm. know yeah. the exact percentage, right? So that sound is like rearranging our bodies into stars and geometric shapes. So that was all freaking me out one day, and um, then I was reading that the uh, cell phones vibrate at a, a speed that is in a, uh, dissonant to our bodies vibrations mm. and that 432 is a tone that you can play and that resonates with the human body better. So I was playing a 432 tone. There's like a YouTube 12-hour 432 tone <laughs> video.
4: Okay, I'm, I'm, can you please tell me what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, Four thirty
2: two. right. I'm two. sorry, right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so when you hear an orchestra tune and you hear the oboe, pu- mm-hmm. and everybody tunes, that's 440 vibrations per second. Uh-huh, so 432 okay, where, where. is like below. It's mm-hmm. so just like a whole... Nazi conspiracy theory about why it's not 432 and why it's 440 instead. It gets deep. So anyway, I'm going all the way there and I'm like, home alone, Lana's gone, and I'm like, you know, barely wearing clothes and I haven't eaten breakfast. I've had tons of coffee and I'm listening to that tone and a butterfly comes and lands on my window and I was like, this is it. So then I sampled all those tones and I started making all this music and it was like a week later when... um thomas invited me to make the music for this and i was like no, oh no. wow so i had made all these like earth tones or whatever out of the schumann resonance of the earth and all this like really freaking out and uh and so that's the basis for for all the music so you were scoring it
1: before you knew what it was yeah so
2: i've got like samples of that stuff that i play and then uh uh, this bicycle wheel that Thomas and I, I mean, it's not even really a bicycle wheel it kind of looks like a bicycle wheel but I think it's maybe a wall decoration like a bad wall decoration and um <laughs> and we contact mics up to it and play it and it makes all kinds of percussive sounds so you can pluck it it kind of sounds like a Space marimba sometimes or something like that. <laughs> That's perfect.
1: It is a space marimba. <laughs> and are you operating the space marimba by the by the stage? Like, are you are you a part of this performance? I
2: sort of like am the opposing, nonverbal f- sound mm. force mm. to the reader. Mm. The way it's set up, like uh, I'm on the opposite side.
1: Call and response. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah.
2: Mm. Or constant together calling mm. <laughs> but yeah no. there's definitely lots of interactive uh, timing things that we do that are different each time for the show mm. the sound and the reading interact um, in a very musical kind of improvisatory way where we have sort of landmarks along the way but within that we're fluid and, mm. uh, and responding to each other um, we originally did it with the music all pre-recorded and then recently I've been playing live and that sort of added that conversation yeah. a little bit
0: that's great
1: and maybe because Kirk isn't here you could say a little bit about the text that we're hearing
4: <laughs> or we could just be like too bad Kirk yeah, <laughs> yeah. too bad Kirk <laughs> um hmm what uh That we haven't, that Thomas didn't say already. Okay, so the text is not only, but mostly a series of sentences that start with the phrase, not every mountain. And so this isn't one, maybe it is, I don't even know. (laughs) Like, Not every mountain wants to learn how to play the guitar, (laughs) for instance. Um, And it's, I think pretty funny in places and also pretty sad in places you feel sorry for mountains sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is an interesting empathy um and uh yeah uh, (laughs) <laughs> I know, I'm looking around for help. Like, What what else, what else to say about it? I don't ever listen
3: than, to them. I have no I idea what say. I the meditation
4: of it.
2: it really? <laughs> I, mean, exa- I think it's exactly what it is. It's, it sounds exactly like what it is, which is if you got up every morning for a month and tried to mm. write 20 sentences that began with the phrase, not every mountain, and sometimes okay. like it's very writer and sometimes it's very journal mm-hmm. like it becomes very personal
4: it mm-hmm. is very personal um, and i think there's improv, like the reader has room to like uh, all the phrases are written but there's room to skip around in the script for okay. the reader to respond what's going on um there is like definitely a structure into it but i'm not sm- it, to it but i'm not smart enough to to know like I haven't like actually studied the text frankly so I I I don't I haven't detected exactly where that structure that I feel exactly Mm -hmm. is coming from but Mm -hmm. it's definitely there
0: um and it changes from it changes it's also
3: improvised Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the reader has a Tabs, so they're reading through, but then they can also flip to certain sections if they exactly. want to. Uh, so it changes with the music and changes with whatever is happening on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an interesting experiment in having the text be adjacent to
4: right and the not the primary action and uh-huh. other design
3: elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the roots have often organized ourselves around. Some kind of text or
4: Yeah, we always have these big ideas that like every element is equal and the text is a primary and you know, like design is as important as text is as important as light and music. like they're all equal. But then, you know, text somehow just manages to take over. It hijacks. hijacks And I feel like in not every man it's a... r y'all have done a real good job of Mm-hmm. keeping all of the elements kind of just sitting together and co-existing. and
0: coexisting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's reflective of how the collective operates, too. It mm-hmm. mirrors it. Yeah. Mirrors yeah. It. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, how these, the mountains, how they end up being, or just thinking about mountain ranges in general, you know, as being a way that the landscape connects, like mm. continuously mm. connects space, right, mm. uh, uh, in the subterrain and above ground, too. But then it also uh, isolates. Mm-hmm. It becomes mm-hmm. a barrier, you know, where yeah. villages on other side of the mountain mm-hmm. are separated. So I'm thinking that it's also doing that um, uh, as a stage element, too. It, it, mm-hmm. it obstructs view, I can imagine. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of its scale, how, how, how are you thinking about that, about that tension, right? Because it, you tend to work with tension, the permanence and mm-hmm. permanence. And
3: well, one of the first decision, or an early decision, was to have the audience all seated around, mm-hmm. and part of that was for the ritual aspect, but then also to do exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. of have this mountain be a very different mountain for. Each person uh, that you you don't get to know what the whole mountain looks like Um, but also that it does it is a it is an experience that we're all doing together but it also cuts us off from one another Um, and I don't know that we are we've fully been able to achieve this but also like have a desire to like create different like bio regions of performance Within the mountain mm-hmm. mountainscape, um, so.
4: What's a bioregion? Well, I need to know this so that I can co direct <laughs> 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 I mean,
3: I'm no scientist, but I would I would imagine you know like at a certain elevation within a little nestling of a of a mountain there's a certain species of bird that flourishes that's not uh-huh. going flir- to flourish down on the desert and floor and kind
4: of like microclimate yeah yeah, right, yeah. yeah okay yeah.
3: Yeah,
4: it, it makes me think of so. because oh, wine. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it, sounds really sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it makes me think of what Gertrude Stein writes about performance, where she talks about it as a landscape, a landscape, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and like the elements being these things that have equal part yes. to play, but that you can kind of attend to them in their own uh-huh. time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as this kind of vast yeah. composition. And yeah. I just like the way you guys are all. talking Yeah, and
3: about I guess it. there's that landscape of the mountains, but also the landscape of you can tune into the music or tune into totally. the words or totally you want to watch people build. Is
0: there, I mean, um, how, is it experienced as, uh, are you a fixed viewer or is migration allowed mobility? You're a fixed
3: viewer. I certainly have played around with the idea of mobility. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd love to see um, another production that was almost more like a gallery version of this piece or durational version of this Mm -hmm. piece where people can... Yeah. M- mill over the course of, you know, come and go or whatever. Mm. I think that would be interesting so you can see different mm. views of the mountain.
4: And there's no rules about that, but yeah. there are seats. Yeah. And so once there are seats, you know, like exactly. you sit down and you're like ah, I'm not getting
3: up yeah. anymore. <laughs> or you're you're not. You don't know if you have permission. You, you don't know? feel,
4: yeah, you're going to crawl over people. They're going to piss. That
3: would save a lot of time and resources, though, if we didn't have to put in risers into that warehouse we're going to perform. In. <laughs> Maybe
4: standing. we're just,
3: yeah. <laughs> should do it this time. Yeah. Anyway.
0: And see who stays put and
3: who roams. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You're just given a cloud when you enter in, and you can sit on it if you want to. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. beautiful. So we're beautiful. all in the clouds together. That's <laughs> beautiful.
3: Mm. Cloud factory. Uh-huh.
4: let <laughs> What uses less resources? <laughs>
0: Risers?
4: <laughs> clouds.
3: clouds. Oh, <laughs>
1: Well, any any final musings or thoughts that we want to communicate to the Fusebox listeners? Maybe just fairly well.
0: <laughs> you are thinking very hard. I love it's
2: it. so hard to talk about. It really, it's really hard to talk about. Okay. There's a celebration of work, though, that is involved mm. in the piece, I think. When I watch the building of Thing and the Builder's there's a certain pleasure of watching people just do simple tasks.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And there's a pleasure in just magnets clicking is... It
4: scratches an itch. <laughs> the mountain goes together by way of magnets that are in the Various mm. pieces. Oh, oh,
0: we never said that. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-mm. That's, oh, that's yeah, yeah. fantastic. That's how it yeah. goes together, and you so can hear them just like, oh, just like Oh, wow! And
3: that's
1: how they have that movement, right? Yeah. Like
0: there's
3: kind of um, mm. yeah, attraction.
0: Yeah. Attraction, yeah.
3: Yeah. So they're they're inset into the face of the cardboard. Um, we take out the top layer of the cardboard and the corrugation in there and set in there. So, Pete Dahlberg helped us design a factory, because they all have to be exactly the same in order for those magnets just to register with one another. Yes. Um, Does that mean if they're in a certain position, they repulse
0: one another as well? (laughs) Yes. That's fantastic.
3: So, there's a a tetrahedron and a pentahedron, but the tetrahedron has four sides, and two sides are positive and two sides are negative.
0: Mm.
3: Uh, And so, there's the geometry going on, but then the performers have gotten quite good at knowing how how that one is gonna fit with that other one mm. in order for them to click together and not—that's yeah. great. That's a choreography.
4: There's an intense choreography that I still can't help mm-hmm. with. Like yeah. they know, like they have sort of nicknames for kind of basic shapes. of it's like you know, if it's like two, this is not probably an actual one, but like two tetrahedrons and a pentahedron—that's a J—and so like I need four Js. Come on, it's like it's amazing to <laughs> watch mm. all the.
3: Yeah, we quickly had to develop a language to yes, to start system. to just talk about what we had made. Hmm. It was an interesting process because we like we just made this object <laughs> that was I don't, somewhat unique. I'd never played around. I mean, it's kind of like a giant children's story or something. And then we're like, what the hell do we do with this thing? Um, and then suddenly, yeah, and then quickly had to like uh, make a language to talk about like what's it, what's it, what do you call it when you have a bunch of them lined up on the ground? What do we you know, rolling glaciers is like a term that we have, or mm-hmm. Jay's diamonds, or, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That's mm-hmm. great, I mean, they, they became um, something that you have to interact with and create a language to communicate mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm.
3: That's great. And then it's binder clips is the thing that holds them together. <laughs> so we have something like 4,000 binder clips on stage. And is binder
0: clip something you, from the language you created, or is oh, it Oh, no, no, so binder like, is, is an actual,
3: actual binder, clip. binder clip. Okay, got binder you. Binder clip is a thing. Got right. you. Uh, uh, an office supply. Yeah, got you office you. supply fans, this is the
4: show for you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <So laughs> held <laughs>
3: together
0: by binder
1: clips.
3: The shape is folded together, and from the inside, it's held together with binder clips. The, the pressure. The Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there's pressure. Magnetic energy, it's everything that mountains have inside of them too, Mm -hmm. that's great.